Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. We are so excited that you are joining us for the show today. This podcast aims to explore a biblical life view in a conversational tone. Let's join our host and founder of Servants of Grace, Dave Jenkins, for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today is Dr. Josh Moody. Dr. Moody, welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. Dave, thanks so much for having me on the program. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Me too, sir. Hey, guys, today's episode is brought to you by Christian Focus Publications. Visit ChristianFocus.com to see the latest releases in theology, biblical studies, and reference books. Get 15% off by using the code Equipping in Grace. No spaces all lowercase at checkout. Well, uh, Josh, welcome back to the to the show. It's it's great to have you back on. Uh, can you please catch us up on what's going in going on in your life, marriage, ministry, and what are you working on writing wise or ministry wise these days? That's a that's a broad sweeping question. Uh, in my life, um, well, uh, my children are getting older. I've got an eighteen year old, a sixteen year old, and I've also got a nine year old and a seven year old. So you know, one end of the spectrum we're figuring out college and all the rest of that sort of thing, and the other end of the spectrum we're doing the kind of thing that goes with you know what would that be third and first grade something like that, um, and then obviously the church ministry actually something that's developing God's in a life ministry so I'm you know the senior pastor of College Church in Wheaton which is this historic church uh, you know that's right next to Wheaton College um, but I've also begun this ministry in the last few years called God's in a life ministries and that's um, a media ministry of my preaching and it's um, you know it's online with podcasts there's a daily broadcast there's also a radio uh, program so we're uh, we're on once a week right now with as we're talking with Moody Radio and then in just a few weeks times so we're going to be daily on Moody Radio and we're also elsewhere so that's building and growing that ministry and we're really looking forward to you know we're just taking step by step and seeing how God leads but right now it's amazing how he's been opening doors there so that's a big new thing um, you asked about writing yeah um, I'm um, in Christian Focus there's a book uh, I've got a little series of books of them called uh, you know how this can change your life so we did how the Bible can change your life how church can change your life and I'm working on another one which is related to Christmas how Christmas can change your life so I'm doing that for them and I've got a couple of other projects in the hopper as well that are you know a little longer term that's the one I'm running on you know at this moment Oh, that sounds great. Looking forward to that and talking to you about those for sure. Can you please tell us a little bit about your book, Boasting? When we boast rightly, we live right and we bear much fruit to God's honor. Why you wrote it and how you hope it's received. Yeah, thanks. So I suppose most of us, when we think of boasting, we think of something that is bad, not something you should do. You know, um, it sounds like bragging, um, tooting your own horn. Um, you know, you think of the, the internet, social media thing, the humble brag, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm so honoured to be asked to do such and such, and you make sure everyone knows how honoured you are to be asked. It, you know, so it sounds like a, it's a negative thing, right, boasting. Um, but I was um, preaching through Romans. I got to Romans chapter 5, and in Romans chapter 5, there's this verse 2 where Paul says, but we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And that word rejoice is actually, in Greek, it's the same word as Paul earlier in chapter 3 has said, um, boasting is excluded. And then you come to chapter 5 and he says, well, no, actually there's something about which we do boast. And, you know, for those of us who study Paul would know that he has this idea of boasting, but that there was something about that sermon that kind of lit a fuse at the time of the congregation, and that intrigued me. You know, what, what is it about what is it about that message that resonates? And so I actually um, 
went for a year um, early in the morning for an hour just writing on uh, the theme, the topic, the subject of posting from what the Bible says about it. Hmm. I spent a year doing it because I was trying to clarify my mind on it. And then having done that, I looked at it and go, hmm, maybe this could be a book. And so then I obviously worked on it and get ready for a book. And that's how it began. And so I think what's, what, what I've discerned is that there is almost like um, two, you know, C.S. Lewis's thing about the devil, there's two competing and false extreme views of the devil. And similarly in our day, there's this, because we live in a day of celebrity culture, social media, self-promotion, all that. Christians, I think, are reacting in two ways. One, there's the jump on the bandwagon way, you know, we we all, you know, get out there, be a celebrity, get your name out there, figure this, you know, internet marketing thing, how to go viral, there's that way. And then the other way is sort of bury your head in the sand, um, um, don't do that, don't go anywhere near it. And so I think this idea of boasting, where I outline that there's a negative kind of boasting, that it's not something we want to do, and there's a positive kind of boasting, which is actually something we do want to do, helps position us in this internet age in a way that, you know, in a day when everyone can be famous for five minutes, or everyone has, has an opportunity for a massive global platform, everyone, because of the internet, um, we can actually position ourselves in a way that we can promote the gospel. And um, so I've, been, I've become increasingly convinced it's important because what, what I hear is a lot of Christians um, not standing up for things, not speaking out about things, for, for not wanting to um, come across as arrogant or boastful. Um, and one statistic would be about evangelism. So it seems as if the number of people who are sharing the gospel personally is decreased in the last few years. And I think it's connected to the same sort of idea. We don't want to put ourselves out there. Don't want to impose ourselves on other people. Don't want to boast in biblical language. But hold on, there is something about which we should be boasting as Christians. We should be promoting. We should be putting out there. And so that was all the reason, and you know, the kind of direction that it that it took as I looked into it. Yeah, I, I really think that this is a a really important book right now um i think we have people that don't understand that um and it, and i think to me i could be wrong it goes back to our motive is our motive as well as reformed christians we believe in solo de- deo gloria so do we are we all about the glory of god or are we seeking our own a, a pat on the back and our own applause what are we what are we truly motivated by and i think that gets to the to the heart of um well your book and to the subject Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the motivation, the heart, um, you know, what, what we're boasting about and how we're boasting. I think both those things are critically important to define what it means to boast in a positive way. What, 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 you know, where the headlights are, what we're really focusing upon, and then also how we're doing it. Um, you know, we all, I guess the, 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 the motivation piece is tricky because we, we need to ask God to give us pure hearts to show us if there's any sinful way in us to reveal it to us, to, to examine ourselves. But at the same time, we also know that only God knows the heart. And so I, I think almost like when, if, if you know, someone like you has a big internet platform and you know, someone someone's listening similarly who has maybe a huge church or whatever it is, you, you almost need to be a place where you get up in the morning, you repent of all your false motives, hmm. and then you get out and do your best, realizing that you probably, you, not only you probably still a sinner, you are still a sinner, <laughs> you probably still have some false motives, but you repent of them and then you get on with it anyway. Otherwise, otherwise I think you end up just navel-gazing, like, did I do that for the right reasons? Answer, mm. probably not. You know, but have I purified my heart as well as I know how to this morning? Yes. And, you know, and then you have accountability around you to make sure you don't go off track and all the rest. Like so many things, it's balance, isn't it? 
I'll take that one. Uh, well, maybe this will encourage you or, or our listeners. I, I pray daily, uh, more than once a day, at least, um, <laughs> for humility to stay. I just, I just don't even care. I mean, I care about reaching people with the gospel and those kind of things, but it scares me because, um, there's so many people that have influence and use it wrongly. And so I don't even, I don't even, I just want to, I just want to be faithful, keep my head down. I don't really want to engage in too many different things going on. I just want to keep my head down, be faithful. You know, of course, if there's issues related to the gospel, I want to address those and those kind of things and speak to them and, and all that. But I really just want to keep my head down. I just want to be humble, be accountable. And I am, thankfully. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like I had somebody, well, you're bigger in my mind than somebody so-and-so. And I'm like, dude, I don't think you understand this. Like I'm trying to tell you, I, I don't even have that category in my head. Like I just don't even care. I don't even, I don't even care just because you interview so-and-so or whoever you talk to. That's like, so what? Those are just people. I'm just another guy and I'm just sitting here talking to you, you know? So I, I, I would just say, you know, the more, the more influence you have, and I've said this before, not, not with talking with you, but the more influence you have, the more accountability you have to have. And I think the more character, the more spiritual maturity you have. And I would be the first one to tell you in my early twenties, I did not, uh, have the the character to match the kind of influence that God was giving me um and it was God but I didn't have the spiritual maturity to match it so I can I can be honest about that yeah well that's I, I love how you put that the um, the spiritual maturity I, th- I think that's um character I've been reflecting on that a lot because of you know you can there, there's stories out there right now various senior pastors of big churches who this that and the other has happened and I think it's easy for your kids to outpace your character and then that's very dangerous Mm. Um, and so uh, the more responsibility you have the more gifting you get the more influence you have the the deeper the roots have to be um, spiritually and um, I think people who you know, and that's true for that's true for ministry, but it's also true like if you're a dad. I mean, the the influence the influence you have on your child as a dad is just it's just huge. With that massive responsibility, um, you need to have this sort of spiritual maturity that goes with it. Lean into it, ask God to give you that, so that the one doesn't outpace the other. I think a lot of times when people get in trouble, it's because they're gifting up places that maturity. How do we? How, what you were talking earlier about positive and negative boasting? Could you maybe now would be a good time just define that before we go too much further mm-hmm. yeah I think that, that, so um, so you, in Paul you see and then you know and then you trace that through the Bible that idea is through the Bible you see um, there's a kind of boasting that he affirms so Romans 5 verse 2 we rejoice in the hope and the glory of God or you get into the Corinthian conversation where he talks about boasting in my in my weakness that's obviously something that those counterintuitive he's saying is a good thing at some level so all that's I just thought okay Let's keep it really simple. I'm a bare small brain to quote, you know, the hundred acre wood. You know, it's like just keep it really simple. Let's just say that's pos- That's the that's the good kind, and there are lots of different ways of describing that. But that's the good kind of boasting in the Bible. And then of course, there's a negative kind. You know, um, you know the the arrogance in Romans chapter three. You know, now all human boasting is excluded. So there's so no way by this book do I want to say no way do I want to promote any more sort of arrogant, prideful. Um, you know, tooting your own horn sort of thing. No way, because the Bible is strong against that. It's dangerous. That's, well, it's demonic, ultimately. And, and so, um, but when 
when when Christ takes up his rightful place in our hearts and in our lives, he's now the king. Now we do have something about which to boast, and that's a good thing. And we, we, we um, so the picture of Romans chapter 5, um, it's like we're in a new realm. We're in this, we're looking around us, and it's like, um, you know, the, the uh, um, uh, we, we can't believe we're here. It's like, and it's amazing. I get to be, and you're standing in the presence of Christ, and you're completely righteous. And but of course, you're going to shout loud. This is amazing. I mean, wow. And so it just, but it's not about you. It's about what Christ has done in you. But it's still you talking about it within your own personality, your own gifting, your own character. You're still talking about it. So it's not like you're excluded. And you don't say anything. You're saying a lot. You're doing a lot. But it's not about you. So that's both. So I think with the positive boasting is both what you're talking about and how you're talking about it. So Romans 5 is more kind of like what you're talking about. But then in the Corinthian conversation, you get more like how you're talking about. So he's boasting his weakness. He's, you know, he talks about the things that happen to him that are really pretty foolish. And I think there's a place for that in this conversation. It's, I, I think people are hungering for, and you did it earlier, this what you talked about in terms of things you do in your personal life. There's a hungering for authenticity or vulnerability. Uh, not, not, not for, you know, telling everyone all your deepest, darkest sins. There's a place for accountability, but you don't sort of broadcast that everywhere. That's not necessarily edifying. Mm. Place for accountability. But just being real, like, you know, yeah, I, um, I heard a preacher the other day put it like this. Um, when you're wrong, say you're wrong. Mm. Make a mistake, say you make a mistake. When you don't know, say you don't know. Um, <laughs> it, it's, sort of, it's being like that, right? And, and it's, it, it, in this self-promotional cele- celebrity age, that's so refreshing. Yeah. Um, well, I grew up in Seattle, and what you said just just resonates with me because that's what non-Christians want us to be. They want us to be real. You know, they they can tell and spot a fake, and you know, they'll they're more likely to listen to somebody with a Bible that you can carry a Bible and you can show them what the Bible says, but. They're more likely to listen to you if you're honest about, hey, I'm learning this or that, and um, I don't have that figured out, that particular issue, but, you know, here's what the Bible says, and, you know, we can talk about it. Um, They they find that really inviting and welcoming, and um, so... Yeah, that's that's a really good answer. Yeah, truth, yeah. integrity. And I think it's hard for us to have that integration of personality these days for all sorts of reasons in the culture. We, 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 we get split, our personality gets split because we pursue this, pursue that, pursue the other. And you come across someone who has integrity, that is their personality is integrated, their whole, um, it's very attractive because it's so unusual, I think. Yeah. How you, uh, the subtitle of your book is When We Boast Rightly, We Live Rightly, and We Bear Much Fruit to God's Honor. How important is it that the church engages with boasting rightly? Yeah. Um, someone asked me this the other day, and it made me wish I'd written a chapter in the book that I didn't write. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, why? How did I not talk about that in the book? I mean, I'm a church, you know, a pastor. Why didn't I talk more about the church? I mean, come on. And I'm sure it's in there, but there isn't like a whole section on this, and there really should be. So maybe that's another book, or maybe it's just a, a primer for a conversation, which is which is good. I actually think that's very important. So I don't know about you, uh, but I found that within church circles, again, there's this sort of split personality. There are some churches that are more than happy to sell themselves like they're selling soap, right? And that's we're not just doing that. But there are other churches that you know hardly want to invest in putting a decent, decent sign outside the door in case they're being you know too proud or something. You know, no, you've, you've got something to talk about. Get it out there. Do it well. Do it with excellence. Yeah. And um, so again, it's this um, understanding that it's not humble to not speak about Jesus in a public 
way. Mm. That's not humble. Mm. That's maybe shy or um, insecure. Yeah. Not humble. Um, but in some reason in church circles, I think that's particularly difficult for the sort of for some churches just to get it culturally. Yeah, that's that's a really good answer. Um, so we're talking a lot, you know, the boasting, positive and negative boasting. What does it look like, you know, day to day to boast biblically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what does it look like day to day? Well, I think it addresses the personal evangelism thing, mm. uh, which I've actually been reflecting on having written this book in my own life. So one of the things that happens as a, you're a pastor is, particularly you're a pastor of a big church with a, with a big staff, is inevitably, you know, not only as a pastor do you spend most of your time with Christians, you know, when you're a pastor of a staff team, you spend most of your time with pastors. <laughs> so you hope they're converted. <laughs> so, uh, so the, and that's busy, you know, you, and then you've got your kids and um, your wife, and you know that's that could easily be twelve hours that day, easily, easily. Mm. And so you know when do you get time to have an authentic relationship with someone who isn't converted? I mean, I speak to non-Christians from the pulpit regularly, of course, but and um, but the amount of time I actually do personal evangelism, um, I do some of that, but not as much as I should. So I'm reflecting on this, and that I think part of it in terms of daily lifestyle, I would encourage people to to build in or rebuild into their lives space to actually um, you know. Let him who boasts boast in the Lord to actually have authentic, meaningful, uh, real conversations about spiritual matters that, that, that lead to centering on Jesus in a regular way. So that are so I think the the you know for all sorts of cultural reasons for the, some of the criticisms, um, particularly the evangelical church has had in the West, it's easy for a generation to rise up that is you know goes to great conferences, a lot of Christian leaders, and has churches that are going deep in discipleship, but actually out there is sort of silent about Christ. Mm. And if we're going to boast about him, then it, it means, you know, not just singing great praise songs in church, which is good, um, but actually doing that in a way that is out there. I say that would be one thing evangelism. I think another thing would be, um, uh, I was going to say safety or security. Um, you know, if you're boasting in Jesus, um, you're pretty secure. You're pretty confident. Mm. And, you know, we live in a world where there's a lot of insecurity. Um you know, ever since 9-11, ever since the uh, 2008 Wall Street crash, uh, there's a lot of, you know, things that happen in the news and uh, conversations between different people in the public sphere politically and media and, and uh, the Me Too movement and all this sort of thing that gives a feeling of insecurity, of lack of safety uh, and, you know, the, or, you know, safe space, you know, that old phrase that the, the people are looking for a safe place somewhere where they can actually be valued for who they are. Mm. Well, here comes a message whereby, not because of the circumstances, not because of the space that's provided, though it's important to provide safety for people, of course. You know, a sanctuary, as a safe space should be. Um, But not because of the circumstances, not because of what's outside, but because of what Christ has done inside. Mm -hmm secure. Yeah, I'm just reminded of, of Paul, you know, after explaining what the gospel is in the first eight verse or first nine verses of 1 Corinthians 15, as you know, verse uh, verse 10, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Mm, you know, yeah, he, exactly. he, yeah, he understands not only the gospel, but how the gospel makes him a new person. And he doesn't need to be play pretend or be somebody that he's not. He's just... He's just a, a follower of Christ with a new identity and sharing Christ with with people. Here I am. This is this is me, and yeah, it, it allows you to come out into the open a little bit. That the, the, the grace of God allows you to be in the open and be who you are. 
God, I am what I am. Yeah. So I think that's. I think that would be a couple of things I would think about. So one would be like daily activity. The other would be a an internal disposition that I think comes as we get that confidence. Yeah, that's we, really good. Rock under our feet. You know, that sort of thing. It's really good. Here's a here's a big question. What are the dangers of influence and ungodly boasting to biblical boasting? Well, the dangers of influence and what are the dangers of ungodly influence? Yeah. To biblical boasting. You mean how can one defeat the other kind of thing? Um yeah, what are what are like the dangers, you know? Um I guess what I guess guess when I think of the question, I, I think of uh this question, I think of you know, there's a difference between uh let's say I have a desire to write an article and I maybe just relaying in- information and not helping people to there's a difference between relaying information and um you know, helping people to understand the topic and, and using our influence to, you know, that God gives to help people understand and to walk them to be to be patient um, versus and to point them to the gospel versus using our influence to control, to, to somehow lord over people, domineer them, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that, so some of it comes down to the attitude you were talking about you know, earlier, like the, the motivations. And behind that, I think, is a, a theology, and behind that is an understanding of the gospel. So in other words, Jesus says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. For many. Well, that's, so that's gospel. And then, you know, Jesus teaches that the greatest among you is, is you don't be like the pagans who lord it over people, but the greatest among you is the one who is servant of all. Why is that? Well, it's because that's who Jesus is, and that's who God is. You know, Philippians 2, you did not consider the quality of God something we grasp. It's right in the nature of God, this self-giving. He's God of love. You know, God God is ultimately revealed at the cross. He's a, he's a God who gives himself to rescue rebels. That's who God is. So the very nature of reality is this God who is like that. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And so then, so motivation, theology, and then practice. Um, if I think in my mind that the way I get significance is by sort of piling up influence over other people, you know, and people become like um, levers or levers that you can pull to get something done, you know, um, then however um, careful I am not to give that impression, that person may feel that. What What is more, even if they don't, they'll end up experiencing that. So you can sort of lord it over some, you know, very obviously, you must do this, or you can manipulate them. But behind that is a, is a motivation, a tendency, an attitude that is formed by theology hmm. and a practice. So you have that idea. On the other hand, if, you un- if we understand deeply that God is most glorified, so this is John's Gospel, God is most glorified at the cross, then the way I reflect that glory and experience that glory is actually through serving people. Which doesn't mean I'm a wimp. It doesn't mean I, you know, I never get to. If I'm a boss, I never get to tell someone what to do. But I'm doing it for for their benefit and for God's glory. And that's a whole game changer. Everything's different about that. Um, so at, at its root, I think it's a theological issue. Yeah, I yeah, I couldn't. I don't think I could have said that any better. Uh, that's that's really well said. How can we guard against uh, sinful boasting in our social media use? Well, I think it's a huge issue today. I think that. You know, we have unparalleled opportunities for good influence today. So I'm very, personally, I'm very strong in the idea that the church mustn't be a Luddite about these sort of things. It mustn't be a technophobe, you know. Um, uh, you know the, the smartphone is just about 10 foot. 10 years old, maybe something like that. I think we're just beginning to realize its effect on everything. I mean, smartphones everywhere. You can go to 
any place in the world you find someone has access to the internet through their smartphone it's just extraordinary and um, uh, so it's huge unparalleled opportunities and I think you know just like the printing press at the Reformation we've got to seize those opportunities and that means um, that some of what we do may not be ideal you know there'll be times when someone puts something out there and you think oh, I wish they hadn't done that so obviously if, you, if you've got a, you know the, the church big C the, the gospel believing Bible believing church if, if we are encouraged to seize this opportunity. Not everything we put out there will be brilliant. Some of it will be wrong. Some of it will be done with false motives. But I think that's better than not putting it out there because you know, just like the printing press changed the Western world and allowed the Reformation to happen, we missed this opportunity. I mean, future generations will think we're crazy. So we, we've got to seize the opportunity. Um, and, and that comes with some risk, but it's better to take that risk, I think, than, than to miss the opportunity. Um, so that said, your question is, well, okay, but how do we kind of hedge against the risk, right? Which I think is a very valid question. Um, you know, I think that, um, so what you say and how you say it, um, uh, the, the what you say is the content, probably reasonably obvious. You want the content to be focused on the gospel and the Bible to be true. Um, and then the how you say it, um, in the, in the space in which social media operates, because of the restrictions of that social media with Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, it seems to generate, or um, like a discussion forum, an internet forum or something, it seems to generate certain kinds of interaction. You know, there's, certain, there's a myth of being anonymous, that people say things otherwise they wouldn't say they were speaking to your face. There isn't that much space to say it, so you, you don't nuance because you don't have the chance to nuance. If you say something outrageous, you're going to be forwarded more than if you give a kind of careful answer. No, it's like not interested in that, but it was outrageous. They'll forward it to everyone. It tends to generate extreme opinions and angularity, some harshness. So, what should Christians do in that space? Well, I think we have to remember what the Bible teaches, which is you know truth with love. So, yeah, we speak the truth, the content, but it needs to be done in a way that is with kindness, um, with um, consideration, with you know considering others better than ourselves, not throwing someone under the bus in the social media world, with integrity integration of who we are, and I was not, not saying things that are not true about ourselves as well as not true about the gospel, not pretending to be something that we're not, um, just because people won't know, you know, not faking it to get more followers. It's all that sort of thing. And and yet, with all that in place, it's quite possible to say someone, you know, becomes the next PewDiePie, right? Is that the guy, PewDiePie, the YouTube? I think it's his name, I can't remember. Anyway, huge YouTube follower. No. Uh, and, or, or whatever, you know, I don't think he's a Christian as far as I know. Massive, you know, Say a massive YouTube channel, right, with millions of followers. Someone, someone out there listens to this, gets that. There, there is a real danger with that. That person will get, you know, a big, big head, start to say and do things that are silly. There's a danger. But I'd rather encourage people to seize the opportunity and then hedge against the risks than say, you know, it's a, it's a dangerous world out there. That technology has all sorts of negative things to it, which it does. But then so does TV, and frankly, so did the printing press. And there's a lot of stuff that was published that was awful. Still is. So, you know, that, that was be what I would say. I think that's a really good answer. The only thing I would say is I remember uh, I've written for all these places. Uh, the only place I haven't really written for is Desiring God and TGC, not because of, uh, well, T Desiring God turned turn me down a few times. Um, I have opportunity to write at TGC. I just don't write for very many places due to how busy I am. But I was leading a Bible study and I had a, I had this Bible study for five years and these people, they didn't care. They, they didn't care that I wrote for such and such place. What they cared about was, in fact, they didn't even know about those places. <laughs> 
hilariously. It was hilarious. I was like, wow, okay. Um, that's interesting. But uh, what mattered was is that I cared about them and that I was helping them. And it was a good lesson for me because here I am. I thought, oh, my articles are read however many of X number of times. And th- this was bad thinking anyway. So God convicted me of that and got rid of that. But it was uh, it was really good for me. It was really instructive because most people in the church, they have no idea what Desiring God or TGC or you know all these places that we think are so great they just they they don't even know they don't yeah, even they don't have any idea and they don't care but they know you yeah. and you have a you have more of an influence um in your local church one-on-one face-to-face than that person or that ministry does you know um so i think that's right yeah ministry is always local first of all yeah. yeah how can we appropriately use social media as a tool to boast about the lord um I mean, I feel like maybe I'm maybe I'm going to be repeating myself. I don't know, but I think it's like what you say and how you say it. So I would pump out as much good biblical content as you can. Uh, do it in a way that is um, has integrity, that is honest about who you are, that isn't um, uh, nasty and unkind, but is um, truth with love, uh, considerate of others, considering others better than yourself. So all the sort of things that you would expect to do in Sunday school, do on, do on social media in terms of you know, what you're saying how you're saying it then you know um so well, how do i get a following then well it doesn't mean you have to be boring you can be creative and you know interesting you just you just don't want to be the kind of guy who's uh, what would be an example um uh, oh you know that preacher i heard you mentioned tgc i went to tgc that preacher i heard he said this and i really didn't agree with it it's now it's out everywhere you got like ten thousand followers or whatever it is or more and you, now ten thousand people have read that you personally don't agree with what ex-preacher said well first who cares i mean you know really second unless it's heresy why you why you publicly you know and so then biblical principles you an issue what someone says go and speak to him first if you you know unless it's heresy well that's different but and so you you use the public you know when we're in when you know, the number of people have a public opportunity to speak is massively increased, you've got to think of the ramifications of when you say something publicly. It has impact on that individual about who you're speaking, their reputation, and you know all those things are things that are Christians we need to consider because you can not only hurt someone by you know, hitting them or kill them by killing you can kill their reputation. And so, so you know, as you do it in a way that is honouring to Christ, that is loving to your neighbour, um, but with creativity and interest. So you don't you don't generate followers by being some Mr. Angry on the internet. That's a really good personal example. There was this guy in that same Bible study that I was talking about, and he was difficult. Um, he liked to come in and and seemingly to refute everything that I was saying, even though it was very focused on the Bible. He just wanted to be very challenging. And um, I remember being in my pastor's office and saying, uh, or he he's saying to me, you need to pray for him. And I ended up praying for him, even though I said, no, I did not really want to. <laughs> but I, I did. Actually, I said, no, I said, no. <laughs> wow, the audacity of that. But uh, uh, anyway, I, I ended up praying for him, telling my pastor I'm going to pray for him. And, you know, that that really was pivotal um, because it didn't eliminate the challenge of him, but it helped me to, to see that person through, as he would say, uh, the lens of God's grace. And that has served me so well since that uh, time with difficult people. I, I, I it literally, it probably has been one of the most 
most important things I've learned as a Christian, um, to, to learn to deal with pe- difficult people, to be patient with them, to be loving with them. And it just goes back to a basic, we, you talked about it being theological. It was theological. It goes back to seeing people as image bearers, I'm redeemed by Christ. Um, it goes back to what we've talked about, about our words and how it matters um, and how we'll give an account also for our words and our actions, our deeds before God. And, you know, that's why I think accountability for people that the more influence that you have, the more um, accountability you have to have, uh, the more people around you that need to be speaking into your life, the more you yourself need to be growing in grace. Because what people don't understand is there's all sorts of things that happen and uh, people want to say their peace, as you've said so well. And, and there's... There's a sense in that that's okay, but uh, I just wonder, not to question anybody's motives, but how much of it is done in, uh, Paul tells us that we're, our speech is supposed to be seasoned with salt. We're supposed to be slow to speak. You mentioned going to the person. I wish there was more going to the pe- person and, and talking and having conversations um, than there is, um, at least that we know about. I just wish that a lot of things that are on the internet would, would go private and would there be more face-to-face either or if not possible on the phone or Skype conversations than blasting off on the internet. Um, I just, I just fear that I fear that we, um, being where I was from and where I was raised, I feel like that turns a lot of Christians or non-Christians, excuse me, away. So that's my fear is that it it just turns a lot of non-Christians away from Jesus. And not that we don't need to have conversations and not that we don't need to have, uh, clarify doctrine and clarify positions and have public discourse, but that um, I wish that we would have more private conversations. Uh, More communication is better than less, and more one-on-one communication would be, I think, better. And again, we're not talking about matters of heresy. We're talking about like secondary and third-order matters where we can talk through instead of with, talk with one another instead of um, against one another. And I just fear that, sadly, I feel like we talk against each other more than we do with each other. And I know a lot of I know a lot of people will I know a lot of people that will disagree strongly with me, um, and that's not to clarify. That's not to say that we shouldn't have public discourse. It's no, just to, it's just to say you know the Bible has so much more to say about our words and how we use them that I just I just fear I just my and I and I can't tell any question anybody or whatever. I just what I see it it, it saddens me and it leads me to ask more questions than are being asked yeah. and it and it's because i've i've seen where a lot of these things go and it's not a very pretty place because I've been doing this, you know, since I was 19 years old, so I'm not a, I'm not a new kid on the block. So it reminds me of um, I was told that John Stott had a principle with regards to this. He, his principle was that if a Christian leader said something that he felt was wrong, that he would not say anything publicly until he at least tried to speak to him privately. Hmm. And um, now there may be cases where that's not really possible. Like, am I going to speak to them? Probably not. You know. Um, but still, I thought that was when I heard that. I thought that was a you know a gracious, ironic approach. But um, you know, then you do that, and you, it's, it's just following Matthew eighteen in the end. You go to the person, you have a conversation, you're in a relationship with them as much as you can. I think the more we do that, the more the Christian leaders will be able to say, "Oh, I misunderstood you. That's what you meant." Or you know, you might find out they really do disagree with you. In which case, you can say, "Look, we've talked, and we don't see eye to eye, and here's what I think." And then that helps that thing you're saying. It's like they don't hate each other; they just don't. They just disagree. Well, that's different. Um, yeah, 
hugely to have that perspective, Dave. I think it's really, really important. Well, I wish, I just, I, my wish is that, that people, we would just be more gracious with one another. And, you know, I said that I pray for humility. I'm not saying that I have it all figured out at all. Um, I still have a lot to learn about being gracious and gentle and those kind of things. But I, I wish that our discourse would be marked by those things. And so that, that's just my, my sincere desire to, to see that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we could talk about that for a long time but uh just as we wrap up this conversation do you have any takeaways that you want listeners to take away as they go ahead and pick up your book um you know i guess i just say that um i think it is maybe this is underlining rather than something new i just think it is critically important that we who follow christ in this day and age learn how to promote christ to boast in a way that is healthy and we've seen all sorts of negative boasting out there but i don't want the reaction to be to be nothing like that get out there with the gospel we've got to do it in a healthy way and if this book helps um in some regard with that then i'll be pleased well dr moody i've really enjoyed talking to you it's been very encouraging and uh personally and just uh just enjoyed talking with you so thank you so much for your ministry sir well thank you so much for having me on your program really enjoy it and it's a god-blessed program and i appreciate all that you're doing Thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate that. I'd like to thank Christian Focus for sponsoring today's episode. Visit ChristianFocus.com to see the latest releases in theology, biblical studies, and reference book. Get 15% off by using the code Equipping and Grace, no spaces, all lowercase at checkout. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you were encouraged by today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. For more uplifting and thought-provoking content, please visit us online at servantsofgrace.org. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Servants of Grace and on Facebook at facebook.com slash servantsofgrace. We hope you have a blessed day and we will see you next time.